Hey, welcome to the Unqualified Scholar Podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my friend Alyssa, and we're going to talk about something I don't know anything about to get started. It's a long list, and Alyssa has the internet. So <laughs> this is actually, this is the first time we've been face-to-face in a while. We've been using Zoom. Yeah, it's the first time in probably like a couple months. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, well, it's nice to see you in yes, person. very nice. Yeah. Okay, what is the longest word that is typed only with the left hand in the English language, of in course. In the English language. Mm. I'm looking at my keyboard trying to... <laughs> mm. Nope, that's got a P in it. Mm. Those of us who actually took typing classes. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I took typing classes, but this well, is back yeah. in like 1985. But nowadays, they don't do the strict typing classes like we did. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I give up. Stewardesses. Stewardesses. Yes. Steward. Okay, hang on. S-T-E-W-A-R-D. Okay, all right. All right. That works. Yeah. Okay. I can... um, Let's see. What do I remember even from typing class? I remember being very bad at typing. (laughs) Did we use, we probably had electric typewriters, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, it was literally a typing class, like how to format a letter, yeah. you know, on a typewriter. Was it yours was on a typewriter, mine was on a computer. Yeah. No, we had a computer class, but it was um, like writing programs in basic on Apple IIe computers. Our computer classes were, here's Oregon Trail. Oh, oh, yeah, we played the Oregon Trail, yeah. And that was elementary school, and then middle school and high school, it was PowerPoint and, like, actual typing. Like, they had the paper Mm. taped to the keyboard to cover your Mm. hands so you couldn't look at your hands while you were typing because you're supposed to look at the screen. PowerPoint wasn't a thing when I was in high school. (laughs) I remember my teachers would use, like, an overhead projector. Mm Mm-hmm. And they would have to write on the um, transparencies on the overhead projector. Of course, when I was in grade school, uh, copies were made on a mimeograph machine. (laughs) So back in the wogie days, you know, (laughs) scraping out my math problems on a coal shovel with a piece of coal. (laughs) Crazy. Crazy what technology does for you. Mm -hmm. And now you can do Word documents on your phone. Yes. That's pretty exciting. Do you ever write Word documents on your phone? I mean, I have in a pinch. I would prefer a mm. keyboard where I can type with both hands instead right. of just Get thumbs. Yeah. yeah. So, like, how fast can like have you ever checked your typing speed with your thumbs? Not with my thumbs. Hmm. That would be interesting. And then to compare yourself to like a ten-year-old. <laughs> right. Crazy, crazy world. I'm much life. faster than my uh, six-year-old, so that helps. Yeah. Well, they're six. Uh, something I do know a little bit about uh, is biblical studies, and we've been in the book of Romans now. This is our 17th message from the book of Romans, okay. um, chapter 12. And there's this is a big switch because Paul, up until this point, has been talking about theology mm-hmm. and trying to help people understand how to get into a right relationship with God. And then some of the theological... Um, benefits like really what does it what what does it change about your identity like who you are Mm -hmm. and how you view yourself and i think i was thinking about this earlier because okay so i'm on tiktok right Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of an addiction um i got that one too 
Yeah. And I, like I've seen, I see some people who do theological things. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, ugh, I, I don't, I don't want to do that because mm-hmm. I think like when you really start talking about theology, it's got to be a longer form. Um, I like classroom stuff where there's give and take. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually love giving homework because <laughs> then you can have somebody like you get somebody's brain kind of up to speed right. and thinking through the same things. And then you just can have a better conversation. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's, that's me. Um, but I did think like if you started with problems that theology solves, I think that would maybe be a little more engaging. I think one of the problems that people really face a lot is are really problems of identity, like who am I? How do I fit into the world around me? Mm -hmm. And um, I think theology has an answer for that, for the Christian especially, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You are God's child. You have God's love. Uh, Romans 5.1, which I've repeated uh, a billion times, you have peace with God. And that that in itself is just, it's something that just kind of takes some of the pressure that the world puts on us mm-hmm. off to say, okay, wait a minute, um, I'm loved, I can risk loving somebody else. Because love is risky. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Romans 12 starts with, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. Oh, that's uh, that's the ESV. You'll see the NIV right beside it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. And so uh, Paul's making this transition into uh, having a right focus on worship. And worship is declaring the worth of God. Um, a lot of times people will try to limit worship to the praise and worship service mm-hmm. in the church. And I think we do a great job at Shoreline. The team is just fantastic. The music has just been really on point. Um, but that's not all that worship is. Right. Worship is everything that you do. I had a student one time, uh, she came up to me, <clears throat> and she she was this kind of kid where she was just bubbly all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she kind of bubbled up to me and said, you missed worship, because I wasn't in chapel right. where they were doing praise and worship. Now, the thing about me in chapel is I hate chapel. Mm-hmm. Okay, like don't don't tell my Bible college, they, they might revoke my degree. Um, but I, I don't I don't I don't care for chapel most of the time. I was I was I'm there with you. Yeah. So it's like, okay, how can I use this time more profitably? Mm-hmm. And so even as a student, I skipped chapel seventeen times in one semester. Mm-hmm. See, I just got a job where I didn't have to go to oh, chapel. Oh, that's that's smart. You're thinking. I got called into the dean's office mm-hmm. and he said, Hey, you skipped chapel seventeen times. And I said, Yeah, I feel real bad about that. So, so I lied on top of it. And he gave me an hour of extra work detail as punishment. Mm. Yeah, I, we would have to listen to extra. We'd have to listen to old chapter, chapel oh services and then write a paper services. on it uh, kind of thing. That would be worse. Saw my roommate do it, so I... I Found I, a job, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, you're way smarter than I am. But I felt like trading one hour of extra work detail, which was a Saturday morning thing. Mm-hmm. And I had little kids at the time. So it's like, okay, so Saturday morning, I can't help take care of the kids. And I have to go to chapel. So I felt like it was a pretty good trade. I got one hour of extra work detail in exchange for 17 hours of not going to chapel. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good deal. Um, <clears throat> but I think that's pretty common for people to kind of limit worship to a sensation inside them mm-hmm. 
or an event with music. Mm -hmm. And really, like the theological definition of worship expands it to any service done for the Lord. Yeah. You know, that is an act of worship. There's one with uh, volunteering in the children's ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm fine doing that every Sunday because that's an act of worship for me is to help in that area. Mm Mm-hmm. So. And it's appreciated <laughs> because children's ministry is tough. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do not be con- and so then Paul's going to follow that up with two imperatives: do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what. Oh man, I switched over to ESV again. You got them in the wrong order. I do. Uh, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think there's there's two imperatives here. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. And so as I thought about that this week, I thought about, um, like, I've, I thought about if I could distill, like, the pattern of this world to a single word, what word would you come up with? What is the pattern of this world in a single word? Conflict. <laughs> Conflict, yeah, yeah, okay. I think that's a good word. My word was take. Mm, that's a good one and too. and I think that's like like take results in conflict, right? Because you have two people trying to take mm-hmm. and that is going to inevitably result in conflict. Mm-hmm. And I think the other the other part of that is that um, people will try to tell you that you're being taken advantage of whether you are or not Mm -hmm. or that someone else is taking from you something they have no right to and you should be mad about it i think there's a lot of uh fear fear might be another word that i could sort of hone in on and say yeah i I think i can see that Mm -hmm. and as i thought about the word take i thought about the pirates code Mm. from the uh pirates of the caribbean do you remember the movie oh yeah i've been wondering if uh jonah's old enough for that yet Mm, I don't I know. Don't, I don't think he is yet. I, my my grandson is ten, and I don't think he's quite there yet because he already has a problem staying in his own bed. <laughs> um, the Pirates Code, at least the one part of it that I focused in on, is take what you can and give nothing back. Okay. And okay, so here's where this gets interesting. Okay, the Pirates Code in the movie is actually based on literal Pirates Codes in history. Okay where it, it's sort of like a ship-by-ship ship kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so when you decided to go be pirates together, you had to sort of decide, okay, how do you divide up the booty? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the fair distribution of things? One of the standards was that fighting wasn't to happen on board the ship. Okay. You uh, went ashore in order to resolve your conflict, and it started with pistols, single-shot pistols. And then if you both missed, which was a common thing, they weren't super accurate. Um, then it would go to cutlasses, and first blood won the won the won the contest, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, that's really interesting because they're they're taking it off the ship where you know everybody else's interests could be harmed, um, give you a way to solve your disputes, mm-hmm. and yeah, Bob's your uncle. Um, one of the consequences of you know violating the rules is being marooned. And so in these codes, there's even, if you do this, then you're going to get marooned somewhere. Yeah. And with varying degrees of like separation from humanity, you might get marooned somewhere where it's just a big inconvenience to get back to society. Mm-hmm. You might get marooned somewhere where it's like you're toast. Yeah. 
Um, I guess so that's I'm, better than rock walking the plank. Yeah, and I, there there was no um, no mention of sea turtles that I saw. Mm. And I think that's maybe the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> the phrase "take what you can, give nothing back" is actually actually refers to mooring the ship. So when the ship comes alongside the pier, mm-hmm. they would use the tide and the waves to get closer. Okay, so mm-hmm. you throw mooring lines onto the pier but you still have this distance that you have to cover to get snuggled up to it. Mm-hmm. And so as the tide would push you, you're supposed to tighten the ropes to take what you can mm-hmm. and give nothing back. Right. But when they created the movie, they were like, that sounds very piratey. <laughs> and I think, I think that's right. Yeah. You know, uh, pirates are there to steal things from other people and that's bad. That's taking. So I think that's the, when I think about the, the pattern of the age, the pattern of this world um, taking is really a big part of what the world is all about. And can you think of an example where, um, like a practical example, anything spring to mind? No, I don't think so. Okay. Some of the things that sprang to my mind. Okay. Okay. So I, I ordered beef jerky Ooh. from Amazon. Yeah. A 12-pack of beef jerky. Saved a lot of money. 12 packs Twelve. They're actually right over your left shoulder. You can Uh see them on the wall. Oh, okay. Yeah, so 12 individually wrapped, you know, pieces of jerky. And I was like, this is fantastic. I'm saving money because when you go to the convenience store, (laughs) they want to charge you like four or five bucks for that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, so this is a good deal. Mm -hmm. And I get it, and I look into it, and I take the, unseal the box, and I look in there, and I'm like, I'm going to count my beef jerky. <laughs> 11. 11. You were supposed to have 12. I was supposed to have 12. I was so, like, like I felt this rage just rising up in me. Ah, there's supposed to be 12 here. They took something from me. They didn't fulfill their promise, their word, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, so for me, that's an example of how the world works, right? Mm-hmm. I'm cheated out of beef jerky. Uh, Jonah needed to take 100 things to school for the 100 days of school. Mm. So I'd look at the back of the package of gummy bears, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is how many gummy bears per serving. This is how many servings are in the bag. Did the math. We should have eight extra. Great. We're still short 10. No. Mm-hmm. Grant counted twice. Cheated. Yeah. Cheated. Luckily, we had another pack of gummy bears somewhere that had. <clears throat> gummy bears and beef jerky. Yeah, the world is out to get bear. us. Do you like gummy bears? Yeah. Do you like gummy bears because they're sweet or because they're sour? They're not sour. They're not sour? I haven't had gummy bears in a long time. That's the truth. I haven't had gummy bears in a long time. <laughs> so anyway, um, how, how would we, like, you think about that imperative. What the imperative doesn't really tell you is, okay, the pattern of the world, if, if take works or if fear works, how do you not conform to the pattern of the world? Mm-hmm. And so, like, in my mind, I think about the influence that, that media has on our lives. Social media, other media, mm-hmm. we are constantly consuming something, yes. uh, some kind of information. I'm actually in the middle of reading um, The Canceling of the American Minds. Very, very good. And they're, they're talking about it's not a left-right thing. It's a societal thing mm-hmm. where we as a society have stopped looking for truth 
and we're just looking for ways to get an agenda put forward. Mm. And it's like, wow, that that really does encapsulate the age. We're all trying to get power and its take Mm -hmm. all over again. And I think that's where, like thinking practically, you might have to fast from social media from time to time. Mm -hmm. You might have to put the phone down, um, put the phone down and do stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are a consumer of uh, news, watch two channels, not just one. Or three. Or three, yeah. Uh, Consume your media from multiple sources, right, so that you can get closer to the truth. Or even compare. Like compare or yeah. like mm-hmm. when you're reading the news article, click on the blue links to yep. see where they're getting their information. Absolutely. Um, there's a, actually a chart that talks about where media is coming from. I like the chart that kind of tells you like where each media outlet is coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, so <clears throat> not to descend into all of that, but one of the ways that I think be transformed by the renewing of your mind works is to go back in Romans. So that you understand where you were, because as Paul talks about the three different people in the in the sin section, mm-hmm. he doesn't exclude anybody. Everybody is included. That it's where we all were before we became Christians. Mm-hmm. And then, as he talks about Romans five through eight, and in some way nine through eleven as well, where we are now, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a, a that sense of identity built into your understanding of Christianity then you're kind of unmoored from some important ideas. Mm-hmm. You're trying to kind of freelance. Mm-hmm. And then we move to activity. But if you don't have that transformation of mind working in you, then when you get to activity, sometimes the activity is all that you see or all that you have. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a true misunderstanding of Christianity because a lot of people just fall to rules, you know, yeah. and it's rules are easier than understanding identity. Um, as Paul goes on, all right, he's going to talk about spiritual gifts, but I'm going to, I'm going to skip that section a little bit. And I'm going to go down here to Romans 12, nine, where it says from the NIV, (laughs) love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, Share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Now, which of those is a rule that you can just kind of check off? None of them. None of them. This is a a character. This is building a kind of person, Mm -hmm. right? And so when when I think about practice hospitality, um, there are some people who are gifted in hospitality. My wife, for example, Mm -hmm. she's very gifted when it comes to hospitality. Uh, we like to have people over so that we can uh, minister to them. Mm-hmm. Um, how much? Like how many nights a week am I obligated by this practice hospitality to have people over in my home? It doesn't give you a number. It doesn't give me a number, right? It could be six. It could be seven. It could be two. It could be one every other week, right? Mm-hmm. But it's something that we're supposed to practice in. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Okay. What about those people who are working the system? Mm-hmm. What's the, like, is there a counterpoint to that? I mean, there is, but you yeah. may have to go to Timothy or Titus to develop it, right? Mm-hmm. Timothy and Titus talk about sharing with widows who are widows indeed, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, in the social welfare world, um, 
people are supposed to be vetted to make sure that they really truly have a need. Mm -hmm. And if the need is that the person should go to work, then the community should be like, let us help you find work Mm -hmm. rather than just giving you a a cash Mm -hmm. gift. I think that's one of the things that the government really does do very badly, Mm. right? It's just uh, cash distribution because those people don't care. Mm -hmm. Where here, love must be sincere. Or it's too big. It's too big. They don't have Mm -hmm. enough people to do the vetting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, you think about, you know, what's required to know when someone really truly has a need. Mm -hmm. Relationship. Yeah. And relationships are expensive, mm-hmm. right? It's going to cost you your time. You may have to have people over, you know, all, the, all these kind of things to really truly discern what's needed. Mm-hmm. And when I think about, you know, you go back to 12.9, love must be sincere. We often think of love as emotional love, but there's a different kind of love, a love of commitment. And so a love that's based on commitment says, hey, you actually need this, not that. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you need help budgeting, not just with money. money yeah. Um, I think for me, like, which one do you think is hardest? For you? No, just for like me. You. Oh, okay. <laughs> for which one's hardest for you? You can go ahead and call me out. It doesn't matter. I can tell you which one's hardest for me. Patient and affliction. That's the one that that hits me the hardest. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm going through something, I want to. I want to put my hands on it and solve it. Right. right? I'd rather solve problems with a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Easier that way. But patient and affliction says that I have to trust the Lord in it. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. I don't know if that's a hard question for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. It's a hard question for everybody, right? Yeah. Because that's where, and, and this is where I think the way that Romans works, when you look at this high ethical bar, like mm-hmm. we're supposed to be truly, genuinely good people, mm-hmm. and we won't meet the bar. Right. Okay. I won't always be patient in affliction. I won't always be joyful in hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may not be. I may not hate what is evil to the degree that God wants me to. I will fail. Mm-hmm. And that's where you go back to Romans one through eleven, right? Mm-hmm. To remind yourself, okay, this is where I was. I was uh, mired in sin. God rescued me from that. God says this about me. Mm-hmm. And so from that ground of security, I stretch to become the kind of person God wants me to be. I'm far more patient now than I was when I was younger, mm-hmm. right? One of the gifts of getting old. <laughs> um, here's, uh, as, as the text goes on, right? Bless those who persecute you and do not curse, okay? Mm. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Okay. You've got a very imperative vibe here. Mm -hmm. Which one hits you? Be willing to associate with people in low position. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time in society, we gravitate to people who are similar to us. Right. Okay. And you could think about... You know, the very wealthy who go on vacation Mm -hmm. and the very poor who go on vacation. Mm -hmm. They don't go on the same vacation. No, not at all. And so the one of the few places where people of different economic means get together is the church. And so how as a church should those people fellowship together? Mm -hmm. Well, they should go camping together (laughs) because it's cheap, right? Um, 
I mean, it could be cheap or expensive. It, so. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true. Uh, you could go on a very expensive camping vacation. My preferred camping location is home um, or a in hotel. In my bed. Yeah, in <laughs> my, my own bed, my own place. Um, live in harmony with one another. That that one to me, that's that's one that I think can be really challenging mm-hmm. because it's not like go back to sincere, right? Love must be sincere, which means we're going to have to have hard conversations and live in harmony with one another. Mm-hmm. That can be really hard, you know, because what's the easy thing to do? Nope. You know, we nope mm-hmm. people all the time. Um, verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Like um, <laughs> pick carpet colors democratically right? <laughs> in church. That's like the, the interesting thing about church is that people will get upset with you okay. Okay, for choices that are pretty objectively good choices. Yeah. Okay. So in my last church, we took the pews out. Okay. Yeah, and replaced the carpet because the carpet was very bad. Mm-hmm. And so the carpet needed to be replaced, mm-hmm. and it was a good time as any to make the switch to chairs. I had this little old lady get up in my face, wagging her finger. You're destroying the beauty of this church. I mean, she was mad, hopping mad. <laughs> now, the pews were placed too closely together, okay? So yeah. um, it used to be when the pews were installed that they allotted 17 inches per person Okay, in each pew. So you would calculate, okay, 17 inches per person, this pew fits 10 people. Mm-hmm. We're bigger now. Mm-hmm. Well, not, not you, me. I'm bigger. People in general. People in general are bigger now than they used to be. And so the new standard is something like 22 inches. So, you know, these pews were just, they were placed too close together. They mm-hmm. weren't special to begin with. Um, the pews they, aren't comfortable. They're not comfortable. And you know what? They're not in the Bible. Right. So this is not something that absolutely must be can't, in every can't church. Can't do, yeah. yeah. Uh, we moved the cross from the front of the sanctuary to the side of the sanctuary. Mm. Didn't get quite as much feedback about that. But, I mean, these are these are decorating choices. Right. And people get really uh, twisted up about it. Live in harmony with one another. Mm-hmm. So you have to think through what that's like. Um, especially be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Well, it's impossible, Mm -hmm. right? But I think what he's really focusing in on is moral correctness, not, um, decorating choices. Right. But we often confuse the two. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible comes next. Yeah. Yeah. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And so this this is a great comfort for me sometimes because sometimes when there is a relationship that's gone sideways and I don't have peace in that relationship, mm-hmm. I have to understand that I cannot live at peace with everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I I I the Bible's very honest about those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, by example, you know, you have the example of Paul and Barnabas going on a missionary journey. Let's take John Mark, and they split because mm-hmm. they just can't. They just can't do it together. Yeah. Later, Paul uh, asks for John Mark to come and help him. So, you know, there's always hope in these relationships. But, you know, there are times where you just can't live at peace with everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's unfortunate. 
but it's the way things go. Um, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, scholars have kind of divided opinions about this. Mm-hmm. Like, is the heaping of burning coals on his head like a symbol of judgment? Or is it that you will use warm coals to bury under his bed and keep him warm at night? Hmm. Like, is it some sort of passive aggressive thing? <laughs> like, I'm going to I'm gonna be really nice to you when you're mad at me, so then you'll get judged by God? I don't, I think it's actually like, it. let's take it, like in the context, don't repay anyone evil for evil. And then verse 21 says this, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to interpret verse 20 as charitably as possible based on verse 21, okay. that I'm supposed to actually genuinely love my enemy mm-hmm. or love someone who's mad at me. Now, do you have any enemies? I don't think so. Do you have like Sheldon Cooper's enemy list where he's no. got it on a floppy disk drive? No. Do you, so uh, like the Big Bang Theory lives rent-free inside my head. Right. And so Sheldon Cooper puts on a five and a quarter inch floppy disk from back in the day mm-hmm. his enemies list. And he goes to load it and it won't load because the disk is corrupted. <laughs> and so he says, curse you whoever worked at uh, whatever the the guys who made the... Floppy disk. The floppy disk. You know, you're the, the person who worked in quality assurance at this floppy disk company. Anyway, <clears throat> I don't um, I don't think we should have an enemies list. Right. And we should try very hard to um, to be kind even to those people who are uh, who we're at odds with at any given moment. There is um, yeah, there there are. Like if there was a category of person that I have experienced in my life that I don't think I could ever get along with well, mm-hmm. it's people who hurt kids. Yeah. That that for me would be like, all right, look, I'm I'm gonna have to go with twelve eighteen and not twelve twenty one here. Right. <laughs> um, there's just some some things that are just wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, fortunately, um, very few of them I even know about. Yeah. So here it is. There's this high ethical bar that God puts into Scripture that we're supposed to reach for and stretch for and try to um, become this kind of person. But even baked in here is an understanding that we may not be able to reach that high bar mm-hmm. um, for lots of reasons, right? Um, personal trauma when we're growing up, right. family of origin issues, all kinds of things. Um, you can advocate for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's okay, I had a situation last week where I bought tires for Ruth Ann's car. Okay. And I paid for them online. Mm-hmm. And then I walked in, and they put the tires on the car, and then they said, that'll be $500. Oh. And I could feel like the pirate ethic kind of welling up inside of me. No, I want, I want now, because you've insulted me, I want a discount off the money I already paid you, right, online. Mm-hmm. Um, they worked it out. Uh, just like my little customer service problem with um, the beef jerky company. They sent me a $10 coupon. So it's like, all right. So wouldn't it be great if our personal relationships worked like that? 
<laughs> hey, I'm so sorry I was being a jerk. Here's a coupon, right? Yeah. What kind of coupon would be effective for that kind of thing? I don't know. I mean, it depends. House cleaning coupon? I'll clean your house for you. I don't know. I mean, a gift card to gift card. Donald, that, to to, to what restaurant? Well, it depends. We don't have very many choices in our. Oh, area, that's, that's, so. that's true. <laughs> Some McDonald's coupons no, or something. Yeah. Yeah, something along those lines. Uh, I think that's that's about what I've got. I think. Um, yeah, I think this this is the thing that really kind of stretches us as Christians to become everything that God wants us to be. Mm-hmm. So. Have a good stretch week. (laughs) 